Stay curious and always keep learning. Welcome to Star of the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley. Join us as my co-host today, Dan Franks from Podcast Movement. Hey, Dan. Howdy, everybody, and welcome to a, a live background sound of FinCon 2016. Yes, it, we're at the Podcast Movement booth, and you're never going to believe who I ran into, Dan. I can believe it because he's sitting right next to us. His name is Jason Hartman. He doesn't really need an introduction, but Jason Hartman from Hartman Media Company. Jason, you've been podcasting longer than anybody else I know. I'm a dinosaur. Fun fact, uh, Jason's podcast is the very first podcast I listened to and also the longest running podcast on my subscription list because I still listen to Jason's podcast. May I share a fun fact as well? Okay, so Dan, the first person that ever interviewed me on a podcast was Jason Hartman. I couldn't believe it. I was like, why does this guy want to interview me? I'm nobody. <laughs> I'm feeling like the granddaddy here. <laughs> so, Jason, welcome, man. Hey, don't, what, what, don't forget Coco Hartman here. The yeah, dog. we have Coco. Coco, if you want to say hello. Uh, she doesn't say uh, much. I, I think it's great that Jason has his dog Coco with him at the conference. And you, I would guess she is the only attendee that has their pet. Yeah, no, there's one other. And she is the FinCon 16 mascot. She's getting a lot of love. Well, I have failed to see that. But let's just talk about what's going on with you. What brings you to San Diego? Well, FinCon. I have not been to this conference before, and I've heard a lot about it. I know you guys are involved. You've got a booth here. You've got a great display, by the way, including all these other podcasters. So uh, awesome job on that. I've just heard really good things, and I've been wanting to come to this for three years now. And I actually learned about it at the first PodMove conference. Oh, very I learned about FinCon. I was introduced to the founder. Steve Stewart introduced me to him at your event. So this type of event, it kind of aligns with what you do, but is it an exact alignment with your thoughts or is it just kind of expanding the boundaries and look and seeing what else is out there? Well, I mean, you know, in, there's lots of different investment philosophies here, so they don't necessarily align with me, but the commonality they have is we're all in the financial publishing business. So we're all offering investment products or software or teaching people how to invest or something related to the financial publishing world. And that's what's interesting about the Creating Wealth podcast, which I think is kind of the heart and soul of your podcast's universe. That's the one I've been listening to for so long is at its heart, it's a real estate podcast. Yes. But to me, my favorite part is your commentary at the beginning of every show, which very rarely actually relates to podcast or real estate specifically. And much more is just about the landscape of finance and the economy. So I guess in that sense, that aligns a lot with the values and things here at FinCon. Well... On the intro portion of the show, that's where we try to make sure we offend everybody so that nobody can feel left out, right? (laughs) Well, all right. I was told I can never run for political office because I've already offended (laughs) Well, let's let's talk about awkward because you're no stranger to awkward, Jason. All right, so you were on a podcast recently. Uh, It was in the last year or so. And you were in a unique situation during that podcast where... You thought you were going in under a friendly circumstance, and then someone uh, was asking some questions. An ambush. Yeah, yeah, it was like an ambush. So (laughs) let's just hear your version of that story, because I think it's fascinating. And maybe a lesson learned from it, if any. Yeah, so, you know, I've done over 500 interviews on other people's radio shows, TV shows, podcasts. When I published my first book back in 1999, I remember I used to get up. I actually bought a coffee maker for this purpose, because I used to get up at 2.30 in the morning to do 3 a.m., drive time radio on the East Coast, which was 6 a.m. their time, right? And so I've done a lot of radio interviews. I've had some hosts 
be sort of hostile, but this guy just literally ambushed me. And it's funny because I have the recording before the show was started where I told him I'm not going to share any specifics. And that's exactly what he went right into, like as an attempt to embarrass me. But, you know, some podcasters, I think they're too friendly with their guests, honestly. And so I get where this particular guy is, thinks he's coming from, but he goes too far to the other side because I think it backfired on him. Like I got a bunch of email about that show saying that, you know, they felt he wasted the show. Like his listeners could have had a lot of value and all he was doing was the ambush. Like, you know, what's the point here, right? Are we here to serve the listener? Are we here to make friends with the guest and network, right? There are all these elements of a show. And that's one of the great things about podcasting. We can benefit from all these things. But I think we shouldn't, you know, there's an old saying, you can't serve two masters, right? And so I do think, and I kind of want to come to his side a little bit, that some podcasters make the mistake of being too friendly with their guests and not asking any tough questions. It's like all softball. Nobody's going to learn anything by that either, right? So there's a balance. Yeah, and I think, you know, the the shock jock thing, that's been around for a while, and there's Howard Stern, but the difference in podcasting in this specific podcast is this is an interview-based podcast that we're talking about, much like yours is, and if, and this is a good lesson for anyone listening, because I know Jared has a lot of podcasters or potential future podcasters that listen, and if you're going to build your brand off being mean and, and trying to, you know, gotcha your guests, but your whole show is based on interviewing guests... Like eventually that that house of cards is going to crumble, right? Like if you're a shock jock (laughs) that's, you know, just talking on your own and you're just getting listeners, that's one thing. But if you're relying on guests to stand your show up, maybe that's not such a good philosophy. You're going to lose the opportunity to really attract good quality guests. And this particular podcaster has that reputation and people, uh, they don't want to be guests on this show because of that. Or, you know, some people, I'm making general statements, obviously. So there's going to be there some people exceptions. listening. They're going to be like, I don't know what you're referencing. I mean, without naming the speaker or whatever, what, what exactly went down? What, what was he wanting to get? And Oh, just a what, bunch what of was financial he... information okay. and, you know, really detailed stuff that, frankly, I didn't have. I didn't have that information. You know, I wasn't ready to share it. I wasn't planning to share it. And you had uh, told him in, before the recording, yeah. hey, I, I'm not in a position to share this or prep to share this. Yep. And he still and he said, he said, here's what he said. I just had Dan hear the tape. Right. And he said, um, oh, don't worry. This is going to be fine. This is going to be fun. Let's just dive in and do it. And, uh, you know, I mean, you heard what he said, right, Dan? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it, it's almost I felt like you were baited and switched, yeah. like you were told one was thing a total and something and else happened. And yeah. then and then it was published. And yeah. And then not only was it published that way, but what got me and this is how I found out about it was then this person went on social media and said, hey, yeah. look what I did to this guy. Right, right. And I'm like, hey, I know that guy. That guy's legit. Like, like, oh, you caught somebody off guard. You yeah. did, it's not like he caught you in a lie, Jason. That's the I biggest know. thing. It's not like he caught you in a lie. He just caught you off guard. And, and that sucks because if you catch someone in a lie and then you expose that lie, okay, that's one thing. But it wasn't that situation at all. Fair enough, yeah. No, look at, if you're, look at, if you're a politician or if you are trading on a certain thing that you say you've done and achieved in your life. And then you make a business out of selling that to other people, then that's bullshit, right? Oh, should we, can we swear? Jared can believe it. Sorry, FCC. That's BS. Okay. (laughs) You know, but that's not the point. Like the listeners didn't get any value, right? So that's the problem for his listeners and him as a host. But 
The other part of Jared's question, I think, is, you know, what can you learn as a guest in doing that, right? And, you know, there's certainly some things you can learn about it. Oh, we got Coco Terra and stuff up over there. <laughs> some things you can learn about it. And, and number one is there's the old concept that all publicity is good publicity, right? And I don't think that's really true. It can be true in some cases, but it's certainly not true at all. And probably the most famous example of this would be Monica Lewinsky, who went on Oprah a few months ago. And I don't know if you heard about this. I did not see the interview, but I read about the interview and people's take on it. And, you know, it's, uh, it's a very delicate thing, this thing of public opinion and publicity. And you got to respect it and be very careful with it. I don't know if it was maybe Mark Twain or someone like that who said uh, years ago, I don't care what you say about me, just put it on the front page and spell my name right. Right. That's a trite thing. It's not really true. That's when only newspapers yeah, were yeah, 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 That's yeah. before anything it's, else. It's not totally true. Yeah. So what can we take away? Because like I said, a lot of people that listen to this show are podcasters or in the, you know, the self-publishing business yeah. of some sort. You as somebody who does host an interview show yourself, much like this person does. And to your point, you do get somewhat contentious, not contentious, but you don't always agree with all yeah. the views and values of your guests, yeah. but you're able to do it and maintain those relationships. And I've heard those same guests come back right. a couple of years later to have a new conversation. You're not burning the yeah. bridge. So how are you able to bring up these topics where maybe there's a disagreement without burning that bridge? I just think you say, look, you know, you, you either can couch it in, I'm just playing devil's advocate, okay, which lets you off the hook. And you just say, look, I'm just you know, let's get a different opinion or a different angle on this out there for the audience. So you can do that. And you can just say, look, people disagree. That's no problem. If two people are agreeing on everything, someone isn't thinking. You know, it's like in relationships, in intimate relationships, it might seem good for a little while, for a very short time, for your significant other to agree with you all the time. But that gets pretty boring after a while. I mean, I think we all have been there and have to admit that, right? So, okay. So then in that sense, it sounds like you've mastered it. You have your techniques. If you feel like it might be a difficult question, you just say, oh, I'm playing devil's advocate. This isn't necessarily what I'm thinking. Have you ever had anything go wrong? Have you ever had any situation where a guest maybe did turn on you or a guest said, okay, that's it. We're done. Do you have any stories? Yes, I do. Actually, you know, I haven't thought about this one for a long time. I was interviewing a reporter for, I want to say the New Yorker magazine. Okay. And she was a huge like environmentalist, global warming promoter. And I honestly, believe it or not, and I know you've heard my show a lot, I honestly don't have a significant opinion on this issue, on whether or not global warming is true or false. I don't. But I have questions. And I was just asking her legitimate questions. And she hung up on me. 20 minutes into the interview, right? And so I immediately called back and her assistant answered the phone and she said, oh, well, she's gone on to do another interview already. And I said, well, I want to finish the interview. When can we finish the interview? And, you know, just- Was the answer never? Evaporated. The yeah. answer was never. Well, the never. No, the answer wasn't never. The answer was a lot of lies about, oh, well, you know, we'll call you back next week or so. I, I don't remember, but yeah. She overheated because yeah. of the global warming, yeah, yeah. so she, she can't just, come back to the know, phone. She, which, by the way, you know, interestingly, when you look at, I mean, look, at, we're in a very contentious political time right now in the country. The country is very divided, or at least seemingly. I don't know. Maybe it has been like that for a long time. But one of the great things about podcasting and the blogosphere, because podcasting is really nothing more than an audio blog is it's really democratic. Number one, anybody can start a podcast, and that's obviously good and bad, right? <laughs> 
But the fact that people don't have to be vetted, it really gives the opportunity for a lot of opinions to get out into the world and a lot of thinking to get out into the world. And a podcast host get feedback immediately from that audience, especially if they're soliciting it, right? And so I'm constantly getting emails and various feedback from my audience. You know, when I go off on one of my famous tangents or rants, people email me, say, you know, you ought to just stick to real estate, (laughs) but you know, whatever, right? So I just think it's kind of fun and democratic that way. And if you look at the old media landscape, it was always a one-way monologue, right? Whether it was a movie or a television show or a book or a newspaper, even though it does have an op-ed page, there's like one page, right? It was always a one-way thing. This is what we think, and here's what we're going to say to our audience, and here's what we're going to get them to believe. But the blogosphere, podcasting, and you know, it's now an old thing, but not that old really in the overall scheme of things, talk radio, more of a two-way conversation. Where on talk radio, for example, people could call in and debate issues and they could go deep into the issue. You know, obviously that's dying with podcasting being the next big thing that's taking over. But it's interesting to notice what I call the monologue media and the dialogue media. So, Jason, for those who aren't familiar with you, if they were to be your friend on Facebook, they would see you make videos where your hands are free but your car is driving. And for some, they'd say, well, that's not safe. (laughs) How are you able to do that, Jason? (laughs) Well, I can't take any credit for it. I'm just a customer. I bought a Tesla and uh, the car almost drives itself. Not quite, but you can't totally let it go. But it gets kind of boring. You know, I drove here from Scottsdale yesterday and you just kind of sit there and let the car drive most of the time. So So do you find yourself like driving even though you don't have to just because that is something to do? It's kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, on a nice curvy road, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So in your Tesla, you put a down payment down on a new one. Is that what I saw? Or you have a new one coming or you're considering a new one? um, I ordered the Model X Tesla about a year and a half ago before I bought a Model S. I just didn't want to wait for it. So I bought a Model S. And then my friend, Fernando, who uh, is one of my business partners, we own a software company together. And he says, well, I'll buy your Model S from you. And so the hit wasn't that bad. And so I figured I'll just get the Model X. So that's the story. Yeah. Okay. So my last question for you before Jared wraps it up is what you were talking about earlier. You know, you kind of have this free speech. There's no overlords telling you what to or not to podcast about. There's no gatekeeper. There's no gatekeeper. Which is great. Not even the FCC. Because no, I cuss. No, you just cuss. And, Jared, and Jared's not going to get in trouble from anyone but his <laughs> wife. So you're welcome, Jared. No, but you are somebody that you have influence over other people's thoughts. And oftentimes, I even emailed you a couple times when I saw some news breaking. I forwarded the email to you. I said, right. what are your thoughts on this? Yeah. Because people have come to respect your thoughts and your opinions. And they look forward whenever a current event happens to see what your thoughts of it are in your podcast. But there's also some responsibility that comes with that. Definitely. So what is that change that you've seen from, you know, everyone starts a podcast with zero listeners and now you have a podcast that has significant influence over people. What change in responsibility have you felt? Well, I think that as people, most of us, not all of us, but most of us grow into the role, right? And so when I started the podcast back in 2005 and you know, we had a couple hundred listeners on an episode. And now with the combined things, I got about 21,000 listeners, I think, on overall per episode on average. And, you know, there's you just feel a real sense of responsibility for that. You got to be a little careful what you say. And you got to be careful that no one wants to kill you. <laughs> so, <laughs> Jason, you've had tremendous achievements. You've had a lot of success. 
So there's a lot of people in this room, they'd say, if I could just get to Jason's level, I would be thrilled. Like that to me is success. So what drives you now, considering you've reached a certain level that most people would aspire to get to? Yeah, you know, I've been doing some soul searching about that. And there's a famous book that was out in, God, I don't know, it was the late 90s, I think it was called Moving From, something like Moving From, I'm going to bastardize the title, but Moving From Success to Significance. And it's kind of like, what do we do after we've kind of achieved what we want, right? And I'm really kind of soul searching for that. I mean, I started a foundation when I sold my last company and I'm really excited about Kiva. I just got a thing I did. a I got in what's called their matching donor program. And Kiva is this microfinance company that basically provides very small loans of like $75, right? And above to people in developing countries. And, you know, it's amazing. Like you can really see that money make a difference. They just sent me my first report on that. And I could see all of these people, all of these women in various less developed European countries that I loaned money to. And it's zero interest financing, right? And it allows them to get capital to start a business, to grow a business. I mean, this is capitalism is an incredibly powerful tool. But because markets around the world, they don't have the capital to do the things that we're so lucky to have in developed countries, right? You know, we kind of take it for granted that if we want to start a business, we can go out and get a loan or we want to buy a house, we can get a loan, whatever, improve our house. You just can't do that in a lot of other places. And so that's really neat to see stuff like that happen. And, you know, I just kind of have a mission that I want to get the word out about things and, you know, just kind of grow this sort of democratic media concept. I love podcasting for that reason, because it really is a flattening of the media landscape. I had James Altucher on my show and he wrote that book. Now what's the title? I'm sure he's written a book. Yes, (laughs) he's got a couple of them, but uh, it's about uh, choose yourself, it's called. And it's just about choosing yourself. And that's what you do in podcasting. If you have an idea, if you have a cause, if you have a message you want to get out to the world, you just pick yourself. And then you go and do it. And the marketplace will tell you if it's a good idea or not. So I've noticed uh, one of the new things you've you're started doing is you've got like a, a mastermind type group. I don't know if that's right. what you call it, but that's what it is. And it seems like maybe that's your way of starting to surround yourself with different types of people or people that maybe have different ideas. Is that what it is just to kind of broaden the horizons and broaden the opportunities or something else going on? I think you guys ought to have a Podmove mastermind group. Maybe, yes. Maybe we do. That's the maybe next we idea. Do. Hey. Maybe we do. Yeah, I think mastermind groups are very powerful. Napoleon Hill was the kind of guy that, you know, many years ago promoted this idea. But all of us need to get around people that are doing more than we're doing. If you're the most successful guy in the room, you're in the wrong room, as the saying goes. So, and Jim Rohn used to say, your income will be the average of the five people you spend most of your time with. So I started my, I've been a member of many other mastermind groups over the years, but I started my own about a year and a half ago, and it's called the Venture Alliance Mastermind. And basically, it's just a way to segment out my higher level real estate customers to do larger deals with them. And so we're looking at larger deals. We're looking at businesses we could start together and, you know, just kind of the power of masterminding and feedback and growth and some fun travel involved with it, too. What are the kind of people you like to surround yourself with? I mean, obviously success, but what what else? What what are some attributes of people that you like to be around? Oh, that's a good question, Jared. So... Uh, Certainly people that are more successful, people that are really entrepreneurs. I would say I have this kind of addiction for being around entrepreneurs because it's so stimulating to hear all of their ideas and stuff like that. And, And you know, when you're younger, you don't really know how the world works. But when you hang around a bunch of entrepreneurs a lot, 
and you go to conferences like this, you go to conferences like Podmove, you really see these are the people that are changing the world. Just one idea that comes out of thin air, literally, and put into action, put on a podcast, a message that gets out there, that is what changes the world. These are the makers of the world, entrepreneurs. And virtually every podcaster is an entrepreneur at some level. So uh, certainly entrepreneurs, I would say, would be a, a key component. So Jason, as we wrap up, where can people connect with you online? On Twitter, Jason Hartman, ROI, my real estate investing website, jasonhartman.com. And the media website for all of my different podcast shows is hartmanmedia.com. Jason, what's your final thoughts? Final thoughts are stay curious and always keep learning. Stay curious, always keep learning. Jason, it's always a pleasure to see you. Thank you for being on the show today. Thank you, Jared. And thank you, Dan. One of the great things about podcasting, because podcasting is really nothing more than an audio blog, anybody can start a podcast. And that's obviously good and bad. But the fact that people don't have to be vetted, it really gives the opportunity for a lot of opinions to get out into the world and a lot of thinking to get out into the world. 